Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat presents Talk of the Kingdom. That's the title. We're going with it. Week two. If you missed the big news last week, we're doing a six episode all Zelda takeover of Nintendo Voice Chat to celebrate the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom out May 12th. And we couldn't be more excited. I'm your host, Brian Altano, along with my wonderful crew of Zelda obsessives, Kat Bailey, Rebecca Valentine, Seth Macy, and Jeffrey Vega. Hi, everybody. Howdy. Let's make a Zelda show. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
Hooray for Zelda. Let's make a Zelda show. So last week you talked about what it was like to actually play Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, my co-host and you, our amazing listeners, had tons of questions for me to answer. Go check that episode out if you missed it. This week, though, it is the calm before the storm, before Tears of the Kingdom is officially released. So we got a jam-packed show ahead. We're diving into the craziest, funniest, and best fan theories around the game's story, characters, and gameplay. Don't worry. No spoilers there. It's all speculation and nonsense. Can't wait to hear those. After that, we'll be looking at all the Tears of the Kingdom merchandise and swag that you can buy with those rupees burning a hole in your pocket, assuming you didn't spend them all on that Zelda OLED. I did not. I yeah. resisted. I'm still tempted. I still see it out there. I see you guys unboxing them. I want it. Stop doing that. You're you're gonna you're gonna destroy three hundred fifty dollars from my wallet. I'm a father. I have to re be responsible. And then we're taking all of your favorites and first Zelda games into account, where we go through our last minute Zeldas to cram through before Tears of the Kingdom launches. Uh, we're gonna talk about our first, our favorites. Just let's celebrate Zelda. But first. I have some very sad news. A quick public service announcement. announcement. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom has leaked the full game. It's out there uh, in the wild. Mute keywords. Avoid social media. Hide in a cave with an old man and a sword. Don't watch shows like this one. No, just kidding. We're, uh, we're going to cover those leaks uh, and spoil them when the game is out weeks and weeks from now, but not now because you know what? We're not garbage people. Yeah, we care about you. So... Uh, be careful out there, and until then, let's celebrate Zelda. Let's get into it. Uh, hype for Tears of the Kingdom is at a fever pitch right now, and fans have some crazy and awesome theories, so let's break them down. Take it away, Jeffrey. All right, so I have some pretty crazy theories that I've looked on the internet, some of them from uh, our own and from the outside world. Uh, I have three big theories. Uh, one of them I'll start off with saying that uh, this is going to rely on some Ocarina of Time uh, fandom. So, time travel. Uh, in the trailer, Zelda says that, Link, you must come find me. Which is like every Zelda game, right? You're kind of like trying to save Zelda. I guess not every game, but for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, but Tears of the Kingdom, I think this theory is that it's actually, Zelda's in a different time. And that maybe Link has to go back in time to get the Master Sword before it is broken, as we see in the logo for Tears of the Kingdom. And you have to remember also in the trailer, Zelda is holding the Master Sword. And, you know, the trailer is cropped. Is. Uh, mm -hmm. However, uh, there is, it's, I have a feeling that this sword is intact. And that's why it's cropped like this. I don't think Zelda would be holding a, a Calamity Sword, a, a broken mm. uh, piece of uh, uh, legendary uh, weaponry uh you know obviously we had time travel stuff in the past uh a link to the past if you will uh and uh I, that's the only thing i wrote down uh and uh <laughs> i've everything else i'm making up uh no but so and you know we're even gonna have time travel as like a rune power you know with with recall so i don't know what do you guys think do you think you know we're gonna ocarina of time style kind of go back and forth zelda is in a completely different timeline uh Ooh. what do you guys think i i like it I, I like it a lot, actually. I I think I think it's like half probably half true. Like I think I, I too have heard this time traveling theory. Uh, I don't I don't think we I don't think there's gonna be two entire like video maps, like a high rule that's in the future and a high rule that's in the past. I feel like that I know it's Tears of the Kingdom, but that's gotta be mm -hmm. way too much, right? Like that's so much. But I I could certainly imagine Zelda being in the past and having to like I think I think we maybe talked about this a couple of weeks ago or something, but the idea of like having to sort of track down th like clues that she leaves for us in right. the past as Link in the present, and then maybe like there being a scene or two where he goes back and gets 
her or she brings this, something, something. I, I think it's really plausible, especially with, as, as Jeffrey mentioned, the, the recall ability and then this, uh, 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 all the, the music that's being like played like backwards in all those moments. Like it oh, sounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds, you know, timey-wimey, whatever those Dr. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Doctor Who in here. I don't, so one been, of my favorite musical genres, timey-wimey. timey-wimey music. <laughs> Pat, how do you feel about this? Well, it certainly wouldn't be unprecedented based on Ocarina of Time and also a little game you may have heard of, Oracle of Ages. Uh, the Legend of Zelda has been known to play around with time stuff. I wonder if Zelda fell into a different timeline when she fell down into that big pit uh, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So uh, it would be a creative way to do it. And also, we talked about the meaning of Tears of the Kingdom, and I said, well, maybe it's underground, uh, normal ground, and then above ground. What if there's another tier which is the past and the present. Ooh. Yeah. Multiple layers. Yeah. So many layers. I, I think that's the secret theme of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Layers. Mm-hmm. I think it also could potentially take away a little of this thing that some people are feeling about, like, the the overworld so far from what we've seen being kind of similar to uh, Breath of the Wild. Like, if there was a button you could push in the same way you could in Link to the Past and, you know, travel between realms and visit a version of Hyrule that was either pre-destroyed or more destroyed... Yeah. Would be really really interesting i think like that the master sword theory uh is is a really strong one because that that right there is is the iconic look of this once beautiful sword that's now been destroyed and i jeffrey you're totally right about the selective cropping on zelda holding that right there she she would look more worried if she was holding the broken sword i'd be like <laughs> oh no I, the sword broke what did i do assuming it was her fault I think there's a lot of evidence for it in the trailer just by the fact that you see the Hyrule Castle being restored, Mm -hmm. which uh, suggests that maybe there is actual time travel with Link going into the the past realm. And I think it's um, interesting just because obviously Breath of the Wild established that this is long after the kingdom was ruined. And I think there's a lot of interest and kind of fascination with what Hyrule was like before the fall, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a, a big look at that with the um, the, the Konami... Uh, sorry, not the Konami game. You know what I'm talking about, the Musou game. Yeah. Uh, Age yes. of Calamity, yeah. I want to yes. say. Um, yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a great area to fill in and explore with The Legend of Zelda, yeah. uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Further evidence. There's people... I. I've been I've been diving down a uh, Zelda lore YouTube lately. Uh-huh. Good place. <laughs> it's great. It's phenomenal right now. Um, but they they've been pointing out that one woman in the trailer who is kind of like mysterious looking and right. is wearing very similar clothing to Zelda. Uh, and they pointed out that she seems to have uh, around her neck the same little tear guy that Zelda has. And so there's been yeah. theories that this is like a past version of Zelda. Like maybe she gets to meet. A, a previous incarnation of herself or something. So there, there's kind of all that folded in there. And there's, there's other little details in that scene that I, that people are kind of leading people to this theory, but yeah, there, there's something. There's yeah. Something. I mean, the, the entire recall power having this uh, visually striking and distinct style that is very different than the rest of the game. Like it all utterly desaturates the world, except for like specific elements that you're manipulating. Um, that says something like to me that yeah. it says that there's something there. Also, I want to point out that this is one of my favorite times, uh, no pun intended, of like discussing a video game because so much of this will and 
could be wrong oh, yeah. uh, we, yes. uh, a week from now. But we'll look back on this and laugh. Yeah, and it's, but it's great because this is like, to me, there's playing video games is really fun. Speculating about them is just as fun, especially with something like Zelda, yeah. which, we, you know, we're a week away from launch and we have only seen so much of this game. And we've only seen selective trailers and, you know, I got to play a bit of it, but it was only in specific areas. So, uh, and I, I learned nothing about the story or the lore or anything when I was up there in the clouds messing around. So, like, this is... A, really fun to me i just i just love the part where we get to be like who knows let's guess oh we're wrong whoops <laughs> like it's just it's very fun speculate wildly one yeah. thing i want to point out is that breath of the wild in so many ways was a, a celebration of all things zelda there were so many uh, little references to every game that has come out to date yeah and when i think of the hyrule castle being restored i think of wind waker when you get the big reveal yeah and the, in many ways that was very similar to breath of the wild in that it was a post-apocalyptic thing the big ocean and everything so that, that's where my mind is kind of going a little wind waker direction and it goes yeah. from black and white to in color yeah mm -hmm. yeah it does or that castle yeah i just replayed that scene recently and it's 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 phenomenal it's i, I was tweeting pictures of it because it's just so cool um there's also like eventide island or eventide island which is a total nod to link's awakening and i, I wonder if tears of the kingdom is going to have like a oracle of ages or oracle of seasons area or anything like that like Ooh. you know there were uh weren't there parts of breath of the wild that people said like sort of architecturally were strikingly similar to ocarina of time mm, um yeah. just you know post ganon running through town wrecking shop so yeah i, I wonder if tears of the kingdom is going to have like deep cut or even just overt nods to classic zelda games like that at last, the timeline unification we've all been waiting for. That's Maybe it will all make sense. Say. The timeline. The timeline is such a disaster. It was such a kludge. They just put it together to yep. like make a book. Uh, and then I think that this will be the time travel adventure that ties it all together. Ganondorf has the sports almanac and everybody <laughs> has to stop. There, to me, there are two <laughs> Zelda timelines. There was the time where we didn't think about the Zelda timeline and then the time when they confirmed the Zelda timeline and it's been chaos since then. I've always described it as just a plate of spaghetti. It is it's, just... It's, that was our calamity. Speak <laughs> for yourself, Ryan. I was thinking about the Zelda timeline before Ocarina of Time came out because really? I was just that much of a nerd. Um, <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto was like, no, Link to the Past is a sequel. No, actually, it's a prequel. And everybody's like, which one is it? I have to know or else I can't enjoy Legend of Zelda. Right. <laughs> I mean, wasn't wasn't it that, like, Link leaves Link to the Past? He was like, that was bad. I'm going to go on my boat. And then he ends up in Link's Awakening? That's a sequel, yes. yes. So Link okay. to the Past, he's like, what a fun adventure. Anyway, I'm going to go sailing. Oh, I'm on this island. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoops, made it go away. Anyway. Can I, can I actually next? propose a bet? Before we move on? Yeah, like money bet? Uh, I was thinking more do something silly on an episode of NBC kind okay. of bet. I'll do that for free, but sure, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> we can discuss the terms, but uh, you know, Zelda's, Zelda's been tossed into the past. Uh, who thinks we get to play as Zelda? I oh, I want it to happen. I, so. I really, really want it to happen. But wanting happen. is, do you think it will? No. I don't think yes. it'll. I That's a no. That's a no. Ryan? I, I say yes, but um, for like a specific part. Yeah, I'm like, with you. I, I think it'll be like Ashley and Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I think it'll be like a section. Yeah. Uh, Seth and Jeffrey? Yeah, I think this is going to be a Metal Gear Solid 2. Sons of Liberty. Uh, what? Oh, what? Oh, that'd be so good. I would love that. Please <laughs> I, let I it happen. Oh my God. Rollerblading. Man Could it be in a like GTA 5 awesome. where you're 
one moment you're like in the regular oh, world that, with Link, and then it awesome. like the camera picks up and goes, "Woo, we're in the yeah. past with Zelda." Huh? You, just, huh? you hit a button and like yeah. Zelda's just hung over in an empty pool, and she wakes up and is like, "Oh, what the heck happened last night?" <laughs> that it, would it's, be great. it's crazy. It's crazy to think that Brian went to Nintendo to play Tears of Kingdom, and then as Zelda, and then when he left, they did the Men in Black like erase his memory. <laughs> <laughs> you Jeffy, can't tell anybody. They actually just used a large hammer and bludgeoned me in the back of the head. So. <laughs> And then it broke. It broke uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I also think that Zelda will be playable. And I'll even go a step further, Reb, and say that she's playable at the beginning. And that's going to be the biggest That's oh, going to be the biggest Ooh. thing that people will talk about when the game launches. Is my guess. I obviously haven't played it. That's my guess. I'm such a contrarian. I'll say no. You're not going to play Zelda because Nintendo's not that cool. <laughs> my mind, Nintendo. I would love. I I want you to be wrong very Me badly, too. but I, I I'm worried you might be right. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the bet then? How about everybody who? Okay, if I'm I'm trying to get all of us to work uh, Zelda's crown. <laughs> that's, that's my pitch. Is there a Zelda crown? What does that even look so like? If I win, I get to be a queen. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do, 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 do we do we dress up if we lose? I'm, I haven't gotten that far. I was, <laughs> I was just pitching. The, I, I want us to look silly somehow. Answer in the comments. Tell yeah. us we what we should do. We all have to dress do. like Tingle. Tell us what we should do. Oh, God. No, no, <laughs> Let's no. Let's not do that. No, we all have Tingle's really full not. outfit. There's, <laughs> right. there's a, I was playing Wind Waker recently, and you meet that fish all the time on every square of the whole game who jumps out and marks your map. And he's like, yeah. He does that thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, he just gives you a little clue, and he was like, "There's an island over there with this guy named Tingle. An adult should not dress like that." <laughs> like, <laughs> he throws shade at him, but he's like, "But he's super helpful, and he seems to be having a good time, so I'm not going to judge him." Like it's it's kind of it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey, what else have we got in terms of uh, wild conspiracies here? We should be unpacking. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I have two more. Uh, I did want to give a shout out though for the first uh, theory it was from our from Logan Plant, who is a writer for IGN. Yeah, uh, uh, he kind of. Been on wrote, the show, yeah. Wrote it out. Yeah, Logan's great. Uh, he also kind of uh, sort of cobbled, helped cobble together this next theory. Uh, and stay with me on this. Is hot Ganondorf good? The hot was just <laughs> added hot by Ganondorf me. Ganondorf specifically? So, like, not hot <laughs> Ganondorf is still just, evil? Yeah. <laughs> well, there is no not hot Ganondorf, Reb. Let's see. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. Well, we'll talk about the pig one later. Anyway. <laughs> Is Ganondorf playable? Good. Now we, we've I've I've seen oh. the inner. Yeah, is Ganondorf playable? That's so. Is Ganondorf good? I think with this theory, um, a lot of people are talking about this uh, image. If you're watching the podcast, uh, we've seen this tap a kind of tapestry in Breath of the Wild, where it you, you can't deny that the character fighting the you know calamity is Ganondorf. I mean, it's got right. the red hair. It's got the the kind of the green sort of body. Um, yeah, and I feel like we 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 all saw this in 2017, and we we're just like, yeah, that'll never come back. <laughs> like this won't this won't be important later. Uh, but you know, maybe this was Ganondorf at the Calamity event, and not Link. I mean, Link lost his memories, but maybe he oh never even had it. Uh, right, a hundred years ago. That's uh, even more time travel because that was 10,000 years ago that's right yes that's correct yeah so <laughs> link doesn't remember anything uh uh that's right 10,000 years ago um and so uh the logan kind of explained in the theory that uh it this, this kind of theory stems from skyward sword because in in that game for the nintendo wii in 2011 it, it takes famously you know the timeline is you know very kind of messy as we talked about but skyward sword is famously the first zelda game in the timeline that is like the beginning of the zelda 
kind of universe uh, and explains that the origins of the endless cycle of rebirth where Ganondorf is constantly fighting Link and Zelda, that they're always kind of, they're always being kind of uh, reincarnated. They, that this is where it begins, but it was actually, Skyward Sword is actually explaining that it was Demise, which is the final boss of that game, was setting the events in motion, not Gandorf. So they have already kind of done a kind of twist reveal of like who is who in these kind of big events. Twist. And with, especially with the fact, again, can't stress enough how hot Gandorf is. Maybe that plays into it because, you know, he he it, it's it's sad to think that a, a bad guy could be so good looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um so this this theory caused a bit of a calamity on the the various Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom subreddits there for a while uh because like several people were surfacing it and then a bunch of other people were getting very upset that they kept surfacing it because they thought it was a silly idea. <laughs> right. Um and there wow. I I don't I don't want to go I I'm not I'm not a I haven't played Skyward Sword. I'm not a lore expert, so I, I can't really go through like every single bullet point as to why people thought this was not true. But they, they did have quite a bit of evidence uh, for the for G- Ganondorf, you know, still being very evil. I but you look at that tapestry, though. I know. And it really yeah. like what an unusual way to portray Link. Well, it's so strange. I think we OK, I'll put it this way. If there if there is a greater evil than Ganon in this game, yeah, that Ganon is not a, a fan of. Yeah. A fan in or whatever. Um, <laughs> then uh, that doesn't necessarily inherently make Ganon good. Right. It, the, it's, he's bad, too. Right. I think it's possible that that is Ganondorf, Ganon, Ganon, one of the Ganon somethings in yep. that tapestry. I also think it's possible that tapestry does not mean what the people of Hyrule and we as a result, think it means right. I think I think it could be portraying that event, but the events of that, like like maybe he's not fighting it in that instance. Maybe he's absorbing it. Did he steal the master sword? Who can say what's happening here? I mean, like Ooh. we've been given, and we were given an explanation of this tapestry in Breath right. of the Wild by somebody who knew a legend. But legends can be like wrong to historical events and if this ends up being some sort of time traveling game maybe it's possible we get a different perspective on what happened so here they're retconning you can't the trust form? a giant bird with an accordion who can you trust <laughs> it, it is funny to look owl. at that, that I, will not, tapestry, I will not that tolerate cast slander here the the tapestry that we're looking at is really funny to now imagine him Gandorf's just giving him the sword. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, or he's got the sword out and he's like kind of absorbing it. Or this is like an internal yeah. conflict that's happening within him, you know? He's like inside it's me there are two pigs us, or whatever. It's pretty funny that Zelda there are two lore is, inside of you. Yeah. Zelda lore is actually very thin <laughs> and very confusing, but Zelda lore people really take that stuff seriously. So if they do heavy retconning with this one, watch out. Mm. there will be trouble on the internet the old internets oh yeah Mm -hmm. do you think reb i want to ask you do you think it's more likely that we play as ganondorf than zelda if we are to play as someone else no we're gonna play zelda no anybody no one wants to play ganondorf actually whoa hold on seth is a is a ganondorf smash main Mm mm-hmm that's true (laughs) take that reb yeah. T- I've, yeah, I've taken it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Th- I, set the side. I think popular consensus is people would, if we get one, we would rather play as Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a bit of a tastemaker. So oh. at last, the Triforce is, con- is combined. Yeah. Courage, oh. uh, power, and wisdom. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Um, I mean, it's it's Ooh. weird because this is like a this is an open world game with overlapping systems and a million things to do. So it would be odd to have like a singular 
story mission where you play as Zelda or you play as Ganon. Although, like, you know, that was something I was asking for before. But I think it would be really cool. But it would be a little weird if it was like, hey, here's Zelda, here's Ganon wrecking Hyrule and you control him. Yeah. You know, like it's it it would it would turn the perspectives a lot, but I don't know if it's necessarily something that uh fans want to do specifically. I can hear like mm. I can just hear in my head like AJ Anuma like getting up in front of people and saying, you know, at, at like a GDC talk for a while we considered having you play as Ganondorf, but we realized that that would actually be antithetical to the the principal tenets of the Zelda franchise yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like that that's what that feels like to me. Seems unlikely that you will actually end up playing as Ganon. That said, I could I don't know, imagine a scenario similar to, say, Wind Waker in which, or Ocarina of Time in which, at the end of the game, Link is fighting the big bad. Maybe it's chaos. I don't know. Chaos is here. And Zelda's there. And, oh, wait, now also Ganon's there. So you're controlling Link, but Ganon and Zelda are Ooh. also part of your group. I like that a lot. Ganon shooting, like, malice arrows and Zelda shooting light arrows. Mm -hmm. I mean, think Ooh, about, like, the way uh, Super Mario RPG handled things, right? Where it was like, all right, there's a bigger bad guy than Bowser, and Bowser's sort of begrudgingly like, all right, I'll help you guys fight. I think it works in the Mario games because Bowser's kind of like a joke. Yeah, and they're sort of funny. They have that whole canonical thing where they're basically, like, stage play actors who just, like, yeah. get together. Ganondorf doesn't play tennis with Link and Zelda on the weekends. He would love to, though. We know of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that outfit that Gandorf is wearing is his tennis outfit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> kind of half half tunic. That's what that tapestry was depicting. It's just oh. a tennis match. Oh. Oh. Tennis the <laughs> I, I also so want to point out that uh, you know I, I'm I'm a big Sonic fan, and, and in in Sonic Heroes and Sonic Adventure Two, uh, Sonic and Eggman usually have to team up to destroy whatever thing Eggman made. So it is like, yeah, Eggman, Dr. Robotnik is still bad, but it's like all right, well, we got to team up because Metal Sonic is now this huge monster in space and we have to stop him together. And then we kind of do like a knowing nod at the end where it's like, thank you, but we're still enemies. Like so, Team yeah. Rocket or King Dedede. And meanwhile, yeah. like all the rabbits that Robotnik puts in the garbage can at the end of every level are like, why are you doing this? Don't, <laughs> don't be friends with this guy. All right, Jeffrey, let's let's hear the, the third crazy theory here. Uh, third and final theory here. Um, this, one, uh, this one feels personal. Nintendo heard... <laughs> all of our complaints about the Korok forest and all the frame rate dips they, they the last six years they've been stewing and you know what nintendo said they said i'm gonna burn down this forest so you will not be able to complain that's right the Korok forest is gone the deku tree is gone uh shout out to rmfh gaming for tweeting this from the trailer it looks like the Korok forest is burned down uh, nintendo said love. you know what uh, no, no tech issues here. And honestly, <laughs> probably a devastating kind of side story where we already know that the Korok seeds are going to come back in this game. But uh, we have another tweet uh, screenshot from uh, credit to Zeltic where they sort of uh, they took a screenshot of one of the Korok uh, characters kind of saying like, I need I need help. I need to find my friend. And, you know, with the oh, yeah, I need to reach my friend. And the kind of crazy thing with the Korok seeds is that, yeah, there's there's 900 of those little guys scattered in Breath of the Wild, and they're all just like, teehee, having a fun time. They're, right. they're fine being separated, but the fact that they're all assumingly still separated in Tears of the Kingdom, and they're all looking for each other, makes me believe strongly that, this, that their home is gone, that the Master Sword pedestal is gone, and this might, maybe it's a, a side quest, maybe it's part of the bigger thing, but... Uh, 
I don't know. It's a kind of devastating realization of this theory. Maybe this is why Link can't fix that darn broken master sword he's carrying around because yeah. there's no like Deku tree master sword forest to yeah, go get can. it oh, magically yeah, repaired yeah, yeah. in. Stick it in the ground or whatever. Yeah. Um, that poor Deku tree. Yeah. Just like Sucks. dies and get dries out and you know, like five minutes in Ocarina of Time, it just turns into a stone or whatever. Like it's <laughs> it's sad. It's a bummer. So um I actually like this theory a lot because the the Korok we saw in that trailer and the one that I saw in my preview had had a backpack, yeah. which means maybe he or it was displaced <gasps> and Oh, he's just like hitchhiking or oh, he had a bindle. Do you have any context for that <laughs> line in your preview at all? Well, so the the one that I the, the thing I did was read uniting a Korok with another Korok. And when okay. you met that other Korok, he had like a little camp set up. And so I wonder oh. if this is like all the Koroks had to leave. They grabbed everything they could in the fire, which is so sad and dark. <laughs> you know, a couple of family portraits and like their childhood drawings and stuff like that. Shoved it in oh the backpack, God. maybe paperwork. some snacks, paperwork, <laughs> important stuff, tax, legal documents and such. And they hit the road. And then they got out there and they're like, I, I need, uh, this is lonely. I Reunite me with my friends. But this I should have prefaced, this is utterly different depressing and thematically <laughs> super dark stuff but um that's what the hero of time is there for right the swordsman as the korok call him in wind waker so uh link can roll through reunite all these people and at the end it'll be like uh you know return of the jedi they'll all just be hanging out and oh, um uh, ganon will be burning <laughs> It seems like a, I mean, it would be a good strategy on Ganondorf's part to like break the sword, take the sword of his enemy, yep. the, old, the sword that can kill him, like the one thing that can destroy him, break it in half, and then also go destroy the guy who gave it to him and any hope of ever repairing it. Mm. I mean, if I were a villainous person in any way and somebody had a sword that could kill me, that's what I would do. Yeah. So it's yeah. like Power Rangers in which Rita Repulsa caused an eclipse because the Megazord was solar powered. Oh. And it was like, haha, I got you this time. Wow, really? And had the evil ring. Wonderful. That was a good game. Back to my range. Thank you. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, Ganon read the script and said, all right, screw this. It's time for me to uh, actually go and beat the hero rather than just yeah. trying the same thing over and yeah. over and over again. Fans, fans watching at home might have noticed the arc that my head went through during that where I went from confused to, oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it also Rad. fits in, again, been watching a lot of Zelda lore videos. Mm -hmm. uh, been watching like some discussion of the fact that like in Breath of the Wild, your enemy was Calamity Ganon, who was just sort of this like amorphous blob of evil. Like it yeah. couldn't really plot. It couldn't really do like like Com it couldn't chase down Link or anything. It was sort of like confined to the castle and the little constructs that it was possessing. It was just sort of like like bad, yeah, vaguely. Uh, but we've seen in the trailers a figure. Ganondorf appears to be in this game a who is a a person like with you know reason and the ability to strategize and plan and who mm -hmm. has historically in other games been very good at those things. Uh, so yeah. you know th this would make sense coming from this enemy that is able to sort of calculate and imagine what his enemy might do next and then try to counter that yeah mm. and if you you, you know want to take over all of hyrule it's probably more practical to be a human adult shaped person than like a <laughs> 600 foot tall pig yeah you know? <laughs> like you can't even go to sleep in your own bed at the end of the night yeah. so the things i think about because you're just a big cloud yeah 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 you're a cloud flying around or like you're the big pig at the end and link just kind of beats on his feet and then he dies spoilers you think <laughs> I, I, I do love i the, hmm? 
Oh, sorry. The the pig cannon when you when you fight him at the end of Breath of the Wild when you're just like out on Hyrule Field. I was nervous that he was just gonna go straight for Terrytown. I'm like, I need you to stay right here <laughs> and just let me beat you. And yeah, it's but, a narrow uh, no, bridge we... to Terrytown, though. You know, uh, <laughs> so I think it it he would have fallen. It would have been it would have been sad. You, you <laughs> know what's interesting though about this theory that if it is true, I'm worried that. My, my my biggest bummer from Breath of the Wild was, uh, I say biggest as I have a lot. I don't. I love Breath of the Wild. But when you beat Breath of the Wild and you destroy Calamity Ganon and you finish the game, you roll credits, uh, when you start over, the, the game puts you back in front of Hyrule Castle yeah. as if you had never beat him. And, yeah. and I wish that we could see this like post-Calamity Zelda world. And they, they give you a little star on your save file, says they beat a good job. But I, I wish, I hope that if the Korok Force is burned down, that we actually do get to see it back up and running by the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Okay. I mean, I don't want anyone to die, but I don't want anyone to die off screen. I don't, I don't want to like come back to this world and be like, oh, so-and-so like died before the game started. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, the the forest has been burned down or something. I don't want anything like that. Like if it happens in front of me, I'm going to ball i'm gonna just die inside but it's different from sort of like oh they're gone now what so you're saying you 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 actively want a cut scene at the beginning of tears of the kingdom no. where the korok forest burns down <laughs> all the koroks grab their tax uh, pay, paperwork and they grab their backpacks and they run out into the night i mean alone? no but i think that would be more emotionally impactful of course it would yeah we would cry <laughs> yeah it'd be horrible i i i kind of want it now because that would that would too. that would get me to go kill Ganon harder. You heard yeah. it here on NBC, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tears of the Kingdom has got to have some big intro because, like, we all still talk about when Link wakes up from the you know Shrine of Resurrection. He walks out. He's we all see Hyrule for the first time. What is Tears of the Kingdom's oh, first man, yeah. intro scene? Yeah. What's the mm. moment on the cliff? How do you talk that? that? You don't. You don't. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it was such an iconic <laughs> yeah. moment. And I don't, I just don't think you can ever be as impactful. And that's going to be a, a lot of what Tears of the Kingdom is facing is that it's not running it back, so to speak, but it will really struggle to hit as hard as Breath of the Wild did. Mm. Yeah. It, it's challenges. It doesn't, no one is going into this looking for something that is as revolutionary and brand new as Breath of the Wild was. Right. It has a different challenge. And that different challenge is how do you be a good sequel mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, involves different things. And I, I don't think it needs a moment on the cliff, but it does need something different. Yeah. And that's okay. At the very least, a good, a good bed. Because Link wakes up in a, in a nice bed in most Zelda games. And just that's how it yeah, starts, that's right? That's true. He's just like, oh, man, what's going on today? And they're like, everything is horrible. Get out there. <laughs> Zelda's gone. I just woke up. <laughs> So anyway, uh, those are some of uh, the internet's uh, most wonderful and weirdest and craziest fan theories around Tears of the Kingdom. Like I said, we'll, we'll know the answers to this in a week, but then there will be a whole bunch of new theories based on the information that we have uh, that will that will sustain us for, for decades. So that's always fun. Six, seven years, however yeah, long it takes. at the very least. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if if you're anything like us, you get really excited when a new Zelda game launches and you get irresponsible with your money. So here to tell <laughs> us all about the best and rarest and uh, uh, maybe most delicious Tears of the Kingdom merchandise out there is Seth Macy. Take it away, Seth. Oh, hello. Thank you, Brian, everyone. Uh, yeah, the good news is a lot of these items aren't going to affect your wallet unless you happen to live in Japan because 
the best stuff is coming <laughs> to Japan in cooperation with Lawson's, which I don't know what that is. It's a convenience store. store. Yeah, it's, it's oh, a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think 7-Eleven. Okay, well, Lawson's convenience store in Japan is the place to be to get tendies of the kingdom. These are chicken nuggets. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> One more time? Tendies of the kingdom. <laughs> It's not really what they're called, but I don't speak Japanese. It should be called that. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm calling them. Look at that. Wow. They have a, a, a slight <laughs> level of spiciness. Now, I'm actually going to say the name here. And um, Kat, you can make fun of my pronunciation. Uh, it's Karaage Kun Poka Poka Grass Fruit Taste. That's what that is called. All and right. It's, uh, if you're like going to go on a, a mountain, if you're going to, like, look, look, if you're going to summit Everest, Eat a couple of these beforehand, you won't suffer from cold. <laughs> Seth, you know, you know what really bums me out about these? We can't import them. No. Like they by the time they get here, they just won't be good. And that's such a no. you know, you can throw them in the air fryer, but you'll probably get botulism. It's just not <laughs> here's my thing. Um, I would import the uh the packaging and mm. then I would make my own vegetarian chicken nuggies and Ooh, put it in there. Actually, and then imagine a world in which I got vegetarian Zelda chicken nuggies. I love the packaging on these. Um, also, I, 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 I want to point out, it's a good point, Kat, because how did they make these? Because when you attack a chicken in Zelda, you die. <laughs> yeah. They're invulnerable. They, yeah. 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 Well, uh, Jeffrey, unfortunately, if you eat these, hundreds of chickens will attack you as, as you do. So, <laughs> yeah. so just da- watch out. It's dangerous out there. <laughs> <laughs> Approach them at your own risk. Kat, yeah. I do have something that you could try, and that is a Goron spice powder flavored dry curry rice ball. Mm. Powder There's flavored. The... Yeah, it's, it's... I'm love in. That I'm powder. In. All of these, of by the way, I, I had to do this on Google Translate. So a lot of these are like literal translations to, and you know, I don't understand. Like the uh, Suruugi Banana Ole, Ole, mm-hmm. Max Truffle Fragrant Mushroom Frocacia, yum, wow. except for gluten, not, not my friend. And then a kimono meat curry bread. Oh, this is my favorite. And it just sounds appetizing when, when put through <laughs> Google Translate. Max Salmon and Fresh Milk Clam Chowder, yum. Oh, Give me wow. that milky okay. salmon sure. that I crave. But all of these things will improve your stats. Um, sometimes they'll fill your heart, hearts and give you plus four. Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, these are available at Lawson's if you're if you're Lawson's. If, if Lawson's you're is the place to be if you're in Japan oh, no. right now. It is. If you go to Japan, I think that uh, you should go to a convenience store and you should get some Boss coffee mm-hmm. and you should maybe pick up an onigiri rice ball. Yeah. And then you should go and you should get these uh, Legend of Zelda chicken nuggies. Yeah. And oh. you're gonna have a great time. Yeah. In fact, uh, Japan has perfected the convenience store form, and they're all good. I like Lawson's better than uh, a lot of the others. Um, maybe if I were to rank the the, sorry, I'm I'm totally taking over this show. Yeah, this is now a Japanese I need a, convenience. I need to show. point out that this this episode is not sponsored by Japanese convenience stores. We're just excited. People. I think I would probably go uh, Lawson Family Mart, Seven Eleven, uh-huh. in, in that order. But maybe people okay. living in Japan can totally push back against me. My memory is a little bit hazy. Yeah, check out IGN's top five Japanese convenience stores. <laughs> but they have everything you need, including Zelda merch. Yeah. Well, there's also prizes that you can win at Lawson's that are like, and this is the only place you can get them. And in order of awesomest to like, well, no, they're all pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the light up decayed 
master sword. So it's like a mm -hmm. master sword side on its side and a nice little stand. Click it on, lights up your life. That's like the grand prize. There's we need we need that at, in stores here. Yeah, that looks awesome. I want that. I want is. to be able to just buy that here. Well, I'm gonna make one with an Arduino and some uh, LED lights and the power of imagination. What are they doing? <laughs> Do they not want our money? No. no. Well, no, they don't. Because again, Lawson's and it's Japan. Well, Seven uh, Eleven is actually doing a contest here in America. Okay. And no, if you not. if you bring a sword there, they will arrest you. Oh. <laughs> Everybody loses. <laughs> Meet a policeman today. I uh, want I want that master sword. How yeah, I want that? that's like that's the coolest thing. That's cool. Right there, yeah. uh, of all the prizes, the next one's not so great. I mean, it's cool. It's like a, it's a canvas print of the key art from Tears of the Kingdom, mm -hmm. which is like you know you could actually you could print that out yourself at Walmart. Yeah, that's fine. Um, in, in 18 to 24 hours. I think the collector's edition has something similar to that, right? Like a There is, uh, I think, yeah, I think there's an art print. If you pre-order from Best Buy, right? there's an art print. Oh, and but there's, not a, there's from... not a print inside the collector's edition? I, I feel like I just saw. Oh. oh, yeah, the collector's edition. I'm sorry. I was thinking of like the pre-order bonuses that they use to try to entice you. Oh, which yes. Is, okay. Which is the one where you get a spoon and a fork. That's also Japan. Uh, Right, of course. Ah, to eat the chicken nugget to tendies of yes. the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, there's some. Uh, oh, there's a toga, this toga-like blanket inspired by one of Link's in-game outfits. I love uh, that. Spoiler, sorry. Um, there's a stationary set. What's up, Miranda? There's. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no. I. Uh, I'm sorry. I just hit hit a button on my mouse. <laughs> oh, he just bought it. Did you? I just. Did you ac accidentally import it? I just booked a trip <laughs> on last on, on very short notice, and it's going to cost me a lot. There, there's there's some great stationery. Look at that stationery. Oh, I'm not beautiful. like a stationery person, but it's yeah, it's I really like that one. It's another thing I would buy. There are oh, this one's cool. Small ceramic plates in the shape of rupees and other Cute. items from the Legend of Zelda game that you could fill with. Uh, like yeah, look at that. Your grandma could put hard candies in there. Yeah, <laughs> when you go to visit, you can have one ribbon candy. If you uh, go get her a beer out of the fridge, there's a metal charm collection, you, which Grandma. I really like. These are all prizes, by the way. You ha you can't buy these. So they're going to be, you know, extremely valuable. Uh, Look at that, though. Do they not that want awesome. my money? Yeah, what is going on? No, they don't. They don't want our money. There's a six-pack of Korok rubber charms, a Tears of the Kingdom wall clock, which I think is... The lamest of all these prizes. No, no, no it's not because it's, be it's 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 feeding into that time travel theory we yeah. have. I think that that's oh, what that's yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because have, it can actually, we see the wall clock? Can we see what it looks like? It runs backwards. Oh. <laughs> does the clock oh, go like as that. fast? Yeah, does does, it, does the nice. clock go as fast as the game time? Because every <laughs> five minutes, five minutes is like two seconds. I when, okay. when I played, I was doing a puzzle where it turned from day to night like six times, and I felt so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> These are things you can actually buy. And these are things I would probably suggest like looking on sites that specialize in like, you know, uh, importing or rather exporting Japanese candies and stuff like right. uh, Sakura gummies, the great long, long man commercials. There are gummies with a sh sword shaped pick. These I saw. I, I love these so much. Yeah. They are shaped like different elemental types of choo -choo <gasps> jelly. So they're little, oh, little sword cute. that you stab it in there. And you yum, 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 you eat them up, but it's not just the master sword. There's all kinds of masters or uh, different swords uh, and weapons that come. And there's for some lucky few, 
there's a golden master sword in that Whoa. bad boy. Yeah. That's amazing. Whoa. I know. So these you can, when you're done, you can import these, right? Yes. I'm into if, this. Yeah, I'm into like Japanese candy kind of rules. Uh way better than European candy. No no offense to Pear, who's not here anyway, but <laughs> Oh, like I, I'm sure him sweet, and his, his ancient salty salty salted licorice will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, hey, this is cool. There's some trading cards. They come with two pieces of apple flavored candy per pack. Oh my God. So you get wow. cards and you get candy. And look at that. Cards and candy together at last <laughs> I, I love the card and candy is the same font as the game as if that's the title of the game <laughs> the legend of Zelda, card and candy uh, on that note um i wish there nintendo, are i wish nintendo would make more of their uh, are they called hanafuda cards yeah 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 like yeah i wish they would do more themed hanafuda cards because uh, sorry if i mispronounce that because uh they had some pokemon ones at one point and they were so good give me zelda yeah. ones yeah have they Mario done zelda ones? ones i'm i'm always a little surprised that nintendo maybe maybe it's a tradition thing maybe they don't want to mess with it too much but well i nintendo. know that there was a my nintendo reward in like the wii u era that yes. was mario hanafuda cards mm -hmm. but i don't remember if there were were zelda ones but yeah that would be that would be super rad yeah and like i hope nintendo's listening i don't think they would, but, um all right there's also a pair of stainless steel trays that, to me, look very much like McDonald's ashtrays okay. in the 1980s. And that's probably maybe be like the only one who's old enough to remember going to McDonald's with your mom. And she'd be like, hold on, boys. And then, uh, mm. you'd have a cigarette. Hold on, boys. I got to get a, a beer for your grandma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, those are cool. And, you know, but they do, they, they kind of look like ashtrays. So, are, these, are these all however, like, like extremely breakable, like stuff in the game? Like, yes, you can only use them so many times, and then everybody <laughs> you on the lock internet to it, Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll increase its durability. Well, clearly, you pick it up and you smash it on the ground, and a rupee comes out. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yep. There it is. In the U.S., actually, when I wrote this note, uh, if you have 550 platinum Nintendo points, you can get a triple pack of Tears of the Kingdom. Splatoon 3 Splatfest emblem keychains. Uh, I was 30 points shy of being able to get it, but it doesn't matter because actually, check this morning, they're gone. So sorry oh, wow. to put that in your head, folks. Oh. But um, yeah, and then there's obviously the like the Zelda OLED, which you can still get right now. It's kind of everywhere. Get. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere, but you can't get the Pro Controller. That's gone. Uh -huh. You oh, can't get the Collector's Edition. That went like in a minute. Yeah. Even the the case the like switch ca carrying case that's gone at amazon the amiibo is only available at like best buy and uh gamestop now um yeah if you haven't gotten that amiibo yet you're running out of time i oh, have to say the, the collector's edition is quite simple all things considered yeah but i'm a sucker for a stainless steel case so i did pre-order it <laughs> i did too yeah uh yeah i got there the amiibo i haven't bought one of those in years but it just looked too cool i digitally pre-ordered the game so that it will be available to me at 9 p.m pacific time on thursday and that is what i did yes i may yep. actually I'm, do that as well that's a good idea <laughs> i am seriously considering even though i yeah like cat like even though i have the collector's edition they said it's not going to arrive until tuesday so no. i might just do i might just double dip on this but i also real quick i wanted to mention that IGN store has a bunch of new Tears of the Kingdom stuff. And because I love you all, I had Kelvin, who runs the store, make a special code. So you can save 10%. You guys want to know what the code is? Yes. They do. Ninfrendo. If you put in Ninfrendo, you'll save, save 10% on all that Tears of the That's Kingdom That's very stuff. cute. So, yeah, keep an eye out because certain cast members might be wearing those shirts in future episodes. <gasps> oh. That's true. 
Yeah, how come you didn't tell us about the code earlier before we got the shirts? <laughs> <laughs> this year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. He's trying to maximize profits before uh, exactly. the end of the quarter or whatever. That's fair. No, no, yeah. The collector's edition <laughs> is not cheap. But having four people pay uh, the normal price. Yeah. Actually, go, <laughs> go check out some of those Tears of the Kingdom shirts. They're they're really cool. There's like a couple yeah, that just have the logo, but there's also ones that have like uh, just really bold iconography from the game and the kind of the silhouette of the Master Sword, like awesome stuff. Um, thank you, Seth. That hey, was wonderful. No yeah, so get out there, get some get some gummies. If you win that Master Sword uh contest, I'm I'm so jealous of you. Yeah. That that is just amazing. Also, like yeah, we need that stuff here in the states and in the yeah. rest of the world. Um let's see. So, uh the run up to 
Tears of the Kingdom has many of us thinking back on our favorite Zelda games. Uh, a bunch of us are replaying Zelda games. We're playing them for the first time. Uh, Reb, you were playing Majora's Mask recently. Uh, it's a franchise that's just near and dear to all of us. It's been with us for like uh, almost our entire lives. Um, so we we figured we'd take this time to sort of uh, victory lap a little bit on, on Zelda itself, talk about our first Zelda games and our favorite Zelda games. And just like, I want us to just kind of hang out in each game and just talk about why we love them and why they're important to us. So Kat, let's start with you. What was what was your first Zelda game? My first ever Legend of Zelda game was The Legend of Zelda, A Link's Awakening. I played the original Legend of Zelda back on the NES and could not figure it out at all. It was very confusing. <laughs> I was not a very smart child, I have to say. Uh, but Link's I'm Awakening... I'm shocked at that, honestly. You're a brilliant adult. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, borrowed, uh, I borrowed Link's Awakening from a classmate and I started playing it, and I was immediately taken by it. It made a lot more sense to me. It's one of the most beautiful Game Boy games, and I've seen a lot of people say that uh, Donkey Kong 94 is maybe better, and maybe they're right, but I think that Link's Awakening DX is personally the best Game Boy game ever. Uh, the, the amount of work that they did to put this game into there, in, in, onto the Game Boy, uh, the detail of the sprites, it's, it's an utterly gorgeous yeah. Game Boy game. And so beautiful. It does not feel like a small thing. It feels like a fully fledged Zelda adventure. And it's one of the most interesting and different and unique ones. Um, it was the one that really brought music fully into the series. Uh, we got a little flute in A Link to the Past, but in mm -hmm. Link's Awakening, they had all of the, the instruments. And uh, the song at the end uh, is, is quite moving, I have to say. Oh my God, yeah. I have the uh, I have a full set of the, a couple years ago, they did like a PAX for the Link's Awakening remake for Switch. They did this like scavenger hunt. And I wasn't there because I, I think I'd just become a father. And uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Goldfarb, uh, former oh, uh, IGN out. editor, uh, sent me the full set of the Link's Awakening pins that uh, they were hiding all over Seattle. And they're all shaped like the music instruments you get at the end of each oh, level. Oh, wow. And nice. like, in that full circle and it's like one of my it's one of my favorite things cat this game is is so so good and it's so special to me like the, the, you were talking about like the technical aspects of it like it, it began as a a port to link to the past yes i think and so. then during development they pivoted and just made it an original game that has one of like the saddest but best stories in in any zelda game i definitely cry at the mm -hmm. end every time i finish it and i have to say that with um Link's Awakening, there's a there's a silliness, but there's also a darkness yeah. to it. And the silly aspects, of course, are like Oriro with the, the phone call or the, the random like pictures of Zelda. But then you get to... You're talking about when the goat catfishes uh, Will Wright from creator <laughs> of The Sims. That's uh, the thing that happens. <laughs> I was, as I mentioned, I was not a smart child. So I had to, I wasn't sure how to do, I, I didn't, I hadn't internalized a lot of the Zelda conceits at the time. So I was like, you got to push the block to open the door. Right, right. You have to kill all the enemies in a room to get the thing. You have to uh, light all four uh, torches. And I was like, what am I doing? How do I do this thing? So I called the 1-900 Nintendo counselor number and spent nice. like 30 minutes sitting on there listening to Nintendo ads. And then a Nintendo game counselor uh, would answer, be like, just push the block. And I'd be like, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> that probably cost you more than the game did. Oh, my parents were like, what the heck with the phone bill? 
It was not great. I have to say, Nintendo had a real racket going on there for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because the first minute was free, but the first minute was just ads, and then somebody yeah. would start talking to you, and it was like a dollar dollar ninety nine a minute. But hey, I loved those ads as a kid because I was just completely nuts for all mm-hmm. things Nintendo. So yeah. good, good on Nintendo there. So that's, that's now, Cat, like what? This is this is the toughest question I'm going to ask all of you today. What is your favorite Zelda game of all time? Gosh, that, that's a hard one, and I had to think about that one quite a bit. But if I had to, if I had to say, I would say, uh, can I get a one A and a one B here? Yeah, the Legend of Zelda: a Link to the Past and its sequel, Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. I just replayed A Link to the Past for my uh, podcast, and we did a deep dive exploration of it. Wow, oh wow, does that game really hold up? It's one of the most beautiful games mm-hmm. on the Super Nintendo. It's very playable um, all over the place. The thing that's interesting about A Link to the Past is that well, I think that's Link's, uh, Link Between Worlds, which is also wonderful, by mm-hmm. the way. The thing that's wonderful about A Link to the Past is Ocarina of Time kind of brought it more into the modern era, like the environmental puzzles that we were thinking about. Um, A Link to the Past in some ways, connects back to the 8-bit roots of the series. It's more arcade-like, more action-focused. Yeah. A lot of the puzzles uh, fall into that um, area. And I dig it. It's a, it's a different flavor. But at the same time, you, you, can think a li- you can think A Link to the Past for basically every Zelda trope ever. Yeah. So mm. much was introduced in this game, the form and the function. And if you think about think about this. The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past came out five years after the original Legend of Zelda. That's wow. so crazy. On the NES. What a leap. Especially think about that. You think about that game starting up and the, mm-hmm. the po- yeah. polygonal or, you know, what we thought were, you know, 3D Triforce pieces rotating on your screen and appearing. It was one of the most mind-blowing things I'd, I'd ever seen at the time. I didn't think video games could even do that. It's just, yeah, it's Gorgeous. it's stunning. Oh, there it is. And it's yeah. just such a simple, a beautiful effect, cool effect, but it's so iconic. And just immediately was just like, oh, we're here. We're playing a brand new Zelda game. It's 16. Stunning opening. If you want, so like, set-piece openings that establish the mood, yeah. running through the driving rain to the castle, oh my God. stepping into the castle and hearing that crash of music, how much better that sounded compared from the NES to the Super NES. Yeah. It felt epic. Um, Just hearing, like, the water the water droplets in all the yeah. indoor cavern areas. Bloop. It was like yeah. so cool. It was a uh, it was a technical showcase yeah. for the Super Nintendo that came out really quite early. Yeah, in its lifespan. Uh, it was released in 1992 in North America, 1991 in Japan. So, mm-hmm. um, it it's you know it's the keystone of all Zelda. A lot of people would say maybe Breath of the Wild is better, but. Uh, for a long time, I've said Link to the Past is the best one. It's the defining one. And I stand by that one. Gosh darn. Link to the Past, you, you were talking about how Link's Awakening had a, had a lot of sort of like undertones of sadness to it. Um, and I think Link to the Past had a lot of that too. Like the entire flute kid section where yeah, his father's like tragic. looking for him. It's like really dark. Um, the off-key uh, and almost off-putting colors and, and musical tones of the, you know, the dark world mm-hmm. are just super weird to have this like anti-Hyrule where everyone is like tortured and you just meet mm-hmm. people who are just like, the, the the characters you first meet when you go into the dark world in that game are just like... It's a little ball getting kicked around. It's like, I'm a ball. <laughs> yeah. Like really, forever. Yeah, it's like really haunted and strange. Uh, More things. A Link to the Past established a sense of humor yeah of the legend of zelda 
And also, I think we think of A Link to the Past as being way more linear than, say, Breath of the Wild. But if you play it, there's far more exploration than you would initially guess. You're encouraged to run around, kind of look at things. Who's that guy sitting next to the sign? What's up with that blacksmith? Who's that kid who's running away from me? And you're encouraged to find out what the heck is going on. Mm -hmm. In that respect, it is very much connected to Breath of the Wild. And there are nonlinear aspects to it, too, especially once you get into the dark world. Another thing that's really cool about The Link to the Past, it climaxes like three times. Yeah. The first climax is when you go into the castle and you rescue the princess, which is very early Final Fantasy. And that you're like, oh, wow, okay, I rescued the princess. Cool. But then that gets you onto the next leg of the adventure and you get all three pendants. And then you confront the wizard, which, by the way, is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's that, that another me- climax. That whole mechanic that returned in some of these Zelda games, too, of, you know, yeah. playing uh, the tennis with him. <laughs> Ocarina of Again, Time just straight up lifted <laughs> from A Link to the Past. Yeah. yeah. So A Link to the Past, defining Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll never forget the going into the main, the big town for the first time and everyone's like, that boy is here. Get him. <laughs> and like their women and children are shutting their doors and the soldiers are chasing you. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I'm the bad guy. What did I do wrong? <laughs> um, God, it's such a, I, I could talk about that game forever. Uh, Reb, what was your first Legend of Zelda game? Uh, I, like Kat, uh, played the original Legend of Zelda, but my my situation was I played it as a latchkey kid where a little timer went off after five minutes and I had to pass the controller to the next person. Oh, so, minutes? Oh, yeah. That's so not cool. enough time. To do anything. So oh. I never really played Legend of Zelda in mm-hmm. any meaningful sense. My That's actual... How Reb became a speedrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I was in kindergarten, too, so you know I was accomplishing nothing. Uh, so my actual first Zelda game was Wind Waker, actually. Right. I, oh, wow. I saved nice. up money to purchase a GameCube for myself. I had a little piggy bank and I was like saving dollars and quarters and I bought a GameCube and I bought Super Smash Brothers and when Wind Waker came out I bought that and it was the first Zelda game I played start to finish and so it's been like my baseline for what the whole rest of the series is which is sort of funny because Wind Waker is not in many is in many respects not really like most other Zelda games right it, it, it has many elements obviously but it, it is like functionally I, I it's probably closer to like Breath of the Wild, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which may be mm. one of the reasons I like Breath of the Wild so much. But it is, it is the, having the giant ocean to explore, and that was what captivated me so much. Yeah, that you, you very early on get this boat and you get this sail, and then you just go, and it plays that gorgeous sweeping sailing music, oh, and you yeah. can just go anywhere. It's wild to me that that is the third 3D Zelda game. Yeah, and they were like. Let's get rid of the grass. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just make a scene. Yeah. You know? And, and it, it was still able to retain that sort of uh, exploration and that surprise of just like, I don't know what's what's going to happen. And turning a corner in your boat and just seeing like a big uh, shadowy, you know, figure presence, uh, tower, island, and the horizon, and then going there. Yes, that's it. Like, it was that's such, it's, you know, it's such a, it's such a great experience and such a, they, they, they retain that feeling so frequently throughout that game, you know? Yeah. And then this sense, uh, it was really cool to me too, uh, uh, having not really played Zelda before then, because there's that sense of something very ancient that has been destroyed because it yeah. is a, a post-apocalyptic game. At some point you go beneath the waves and you find the ancient kingdom of Hyrule. And I didn't have a whole lot of context for that because I hadn't played these other games, but it still manages to be so powerful because uh, Link in these games is, you know, he's he's not he's not the same Link. He's like a new a new incarnation of right. this hero. So he doesn't really have any more context than you do. But he he is also just like 
fascinated and bewildered by this world that he has stepped into. And I think they did a wonderful job of capturing the awe of, of this ancient kingdom. And then what, what has risen up from it? Like having, having the Rito instead of the Zora yeah. be, be these characters and the Rito are wonderful. I also, I honestly think it has one of the best soundtracks of oh my the God. Zelda game. Oh, sure. uh, it kind of spoiled me because I frankly, I, I have argu different arguments for different games, but I actually think that most of the Zelda games don't have that great, a soundtrack oh my god controversial take wow. i'm sorry wow. some of them do like on an individual level we can argue about different games but like broadly it's not i'm not enamored by the music of legend of zelda but wind waker's great wind you're, you're like i don't have like a button that just drops your chair into <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, um i the wind waker soundtrack is amazing and there's a lot of stuff about it that i really like uh, replaying it recently because there's there's really simple parts of that game like when you first go into the cave once that big bird attacks the island which by the way that's the first time you ever see that like you know or in that game link has a sister yeah. And a grandmother. Yeah, he's, and he's like wearing, a family. He's wearing a blue shirt. Like he's on vacation on this island, you know? And like he's <laughs> yeah. in Cabo and you're I like, like blue shirt Lane. <laughs> I like blue shirt Lane. I love too. that they brought that back and made yeah. that his new uniform. Yeah. It's not you can unlock it as a thing. Like blue shirt link shows that you're really good at this. Yeah, one. if you beat it once, you get to keep it. Oh yeah, it. the it's called the lobster shirt. The, I, oh yeah, the lobster shirt. I, I love like that. to imagine that they they tried to make Breath of the Wild and they put him in the green outfit with the hat. And at some point someone looked at that and pointed at it and said Guys, it's been like 30 years. Yeah. It looks really silly. Like, we know he look, He doesn't look serious, right? Like, he doesn't mm -hmm. look like a serious hero. Can we, can we do something here? And, like, you can still get that outfit in Breath of the Wild, oh, obviously, can. but, like... It, like ha I'm sorry, are we disparaging the classic Link look? <laughs> I'm sorry. He doesn't look serious. If you... Okay, tell me right now. Red if Valentine. Brian Altano put on a pointy green hat and a green tunic and like little tights... He looks like a classic hero, Would you Reb? take Brian seriously? How dare you? I don't think, I don't think people take me seriously in regular clothes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. There's been a lot of Zelda cosplay since time immemorial and Ocarina of Time had that look yeah he had lincoln tights for god's sake and you know what people wore that and looked awesome what about I, classic link with no pants at all classic link just had his what? skin I legs I think out it's there. powerful not for link not to wear pants i think it looks perfect <laughs> in like the the game boy kind of top-down style format where he's like a little chibi figure i think it looks perfect for that it's cute it looks good in wind waker i think once we hit twilight princess though there's there's something about a cartoon styled but still somewhat realistic looking grown man in a pointy mm -hmm. hat a green tunic and leggings that does not look serious how dare you Reb? i'm sorry how dare. wait I'm reb sorry. do you not when you go to sleep at night reb do you not wear a sleeping cap like with the little <laughs> with the little candle holder like not me no i, will I wear i wear a kerchief jeff best way to scare away ghosts from the 1800s easily i will say that i like the breath of the wild look that's my favorite link look mm -hmm. for sure um, I've always identified with Blue Link more than Green Link. I've always gone with Blue Link, for example. I, I love Blue Link and A Link to the Past. I always yeah. play as Blue Link and Smash Brothers. Having said that, I also love the look of Link in Ocarina of Time, and it's the classic look, and I will not disparage mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Now, Reb, what is your favorite Zelda game of all time? Again, with a big asterisk next to it, the actual answer is Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I suspect someone else might talk about Breath of the Wild here or something. Uh, so I, I just finished Majora's Mask for the first time. I'd never played it before. And I think it might be my second favorite Zelda Ooh. game. Ooh. Like, I really, really, really loved it. 
Oh, it was so good. I'm tearing up thinking about it because I'm thinking about like a it's certain such si- a Reb Valentine can, game. Can Holy I cow. can I spoil this for people? It's really old. Like, oh my god! Yeah, Does no, anybody go care it. about the ending of Majora's? We're getting into Majora's Mask spoilers right now. Yes, forty year old game. So cover your ears for a few seconds. <laughs> how, how old is turn, this? Turn game down the volume. Did you say forty years old? No, it's not, not quite that old. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, cause so I did. I got all the masks. Uh-huh. Uh And I did. I did. I didn't do every side quest. Like I skipped some heart piece stuff, but I did. I did a lot. Uh, and I, I got. I finished like Cafe and Anju, and I was just like bawling because they're sitting in that room together, and they're like, "Get evacuate, get out. We're gonna greet the dawn together." And like after everything you've done, like like this whole painstaking quest, they're like an hour from their certain doom, and they're just there. And you and you know you're gonna. They're like happy in that moment because they're together. And you're gonna rewind time and ruin it. <laughs> oh, that is hard. Which I didn't. I did the quest before I beat the game. But then that whole surreal thing at the end with like the tree and the children running around. Mm-hmm. What was that about? And then the aliens that Romani. Ran? The aliens. That's odd. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, and the whole thing is basically a giant metaphor for grief and like death and stuff like that. I. It's. I, it's nuts. This game is nuts. It's so weird. It is. I, I know other games have played with like a Groundhog Day structure. Yeah. But I don't know that anyone that I've done that I've played through has done it quite as effectively. I mean, having it, these like detailed schedules and having characters comment on things you're wearing and like things. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. For Other people and events happening in town and based on what day it is and what time it is and what what other quests you've completed. Right, right off the bat with this game, when you when you meet like the the mass salesman and you see the skull kid and stuff like that, and you're just like, this is bleak. So and just bleak. having this like threat looming in the sky, this terrifying moon with the ugliest, scariest face of any character in video game. <laughs> accidentally looking at it, like you know it's there the whole time, but you'll be like trying to point an arrow at something, and you'll be like, whoa, whoa yeah, you're like, oh right, yeah, everyone's gonna die. Okay, <laughs> I was, I should speed this up a little bit. Yeah, this, I, it's, I, it's an incredible, incredible game. By the way, um, on the is Tears of the Kingdom um, time travel. Majora's Mask, more evidence. I wonder if Tears of the King, you know, Kingdom will secretly be what everybody first speculated on, the Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wild, right. the Ocarina of Time. I, it's funny because I, Majora's Mask to me feels like... A, it's really, it has really cemented with me that the thing that the Zelda developers are very good at is making a bunch of puzzle boxes. They yeah. love to make pu- puzzle boxes inside puzzle boxes inside puzzle boxes. And Majora's Mask... Like before the Zelda games before that, uh, had had worlds and dungeons that were puzzle boxes. Majora's Mask made a world and a dungeon and dungeons that were puzzle boxes, but then they also like implemented people into that, if that makes sense. They implemented their characters as a, as a specific moving piece in that puzzle box. Uh, and then Breath of the Wild, I feel like did all of that but then also implemented its own environment like things like you know fire and wind and grass and things like that and so they're all just like adding more things in this game to the inner work like clockwork workings of of these things and i i don't i don't know that there's any way that tears is gonna like step up breath of the wild in that way because majora's mask like very specifically pulled back from Ocarina of Time, like what it was doing and contained it, but in this like genius way. And I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is actively trying to be bigger. Yeah. Uh, so it's like doing mm. the opposite thing, but then like, what if it could also do the same thing? But I, at the I same time, developers have said that the world of Tears of the Kingdom is a puzzle. Yeah. It's its own puzzle to solve. And it makes me think of Majora's Mask mm. in that regard. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm obsessed with it. I can't stop thinking about it. The imagery, the characters, uh, the structure. Very striking. Like it's 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 really memorable and really weird and really depressing, but then also like beautiful at the end. And you you just played this for the first time recently, right? Yeah, and I had no idea. That's so cool. I had no idea what was gonna happen. I've never had it spoiled for me. I like my partner told me that the Cafe and Andrew thing uh, was like one of considered one of the best Zelda quests out there, but I had no other context for it. I didn't know how the game was gonna end. I didn't know who the final boss was. Uh, I got the fierce deity mask. Didn't know what that was gonna do. Found out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm evil now. Not sure. No, I'm. I'm. I wish I had like a a Zelda. I I just forgot to play that I could play for the first time right now. Like I I need that hammer Nintendo used on me to make me lose my memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good, Jeffrey. Uh, I want to hear from you. What was your first Zelda game? Uh, my first Zelda game was The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, which is the prequel to Majora's Ooh, Mask. Right. <laughs> uh, which is how everyone describes that game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ocarina of Time, uh, that, that was like, uh, the N64 was my first console, uh, and I was just blown away. I mean, I, I don't need to spend time talking about how, you know, incredible Ocarina of Time is, you know, one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, but it's funny because uh, when, 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 when Kat was talking about, you know, kind of childhood memories, I remember when I first played it i actually rented it from blockbuster video uh rest in peace right uh, except <laughs> there's one left uh but i rented that a bunch of times and the the thing about n64 games is that this so when i played it i had only ever played when link is uh a child so you know in awkward time you you put the take the master sword you oh, go forward yeah. seven years and um i'd only played the 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 kind of when you're young and the game was very hard because again i was a little dumb dummy little kid um <laughs> to the point where i could never beat uh the jabu jabu dungeon which i think is the last uh dungeon before you go to the temple of time to your and credit, so that, that one's such a pain it's a hard one yeah it's it not, is it's you have one to... of my least favorite zelda dungeons yeah yeah, you got to carry a little princess the whole way through. You're getting electrocuted um, constantly. Like you, you put her down for a second and she d disappears. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, uh, one second. Um, but I, uh, the funny thing is that, so when I rented it from Blockbuster, you know, you, you have it for seven days and you're playing it. But then what I would do is uh, I would go to different Blockbusters and rent the game and hope to God that the save file had. <laughs> someone who had progressed far enough oh, to be able to play wow. as an adult and i after many times i finally found one where you were just like <laughs> in the forest temple which there's nothing funnier than just starting in a dungeon halfway through like zero <laughs> clue where to go but i was so excited because i i because i was so excited to wield the hylian shield which yeah. when you're a kid you cannot use because yeah as you can see the footage it's Too his big. whole body uh you can you can crouch but that's about it and so i was so excited to have that shield have the sword but the game was very scary because when you're an adult in our creative time uh everything is destroyed uh you know sounds very familiar and uh i was very scared of the the the, the red deads the the zombies all this just darkness and i was like what is happening take me back to when i was a kid which you know <laughs> i mean that's evergreen right Every, but yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I I was very excited. And then eventually I realized that I rented the game so many times I probably should have asked my parents to just buy it. <laughs> um 
for how much we spent on renting it. Uh, but uh, finally bought it. Uh, I, ironically enough, I never ended up actually finishing it on N64. The first time I finished Ocarina of Time from start to finish was on the 3DS remake. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a good version. Oh, yeah. Which was very good. Yeah, that's a very good version. I actually used the 3D function on it. Um, and it was awesome. I remember playing that when I first moved to Los Angeles, when I had nothing, you know, my mattress on the floor, like all I had was this 3ds and I, and I just was, I I was like, wow, I need to go back and play this. And now, and I was like replaying it on the switch online, uh, kind of the original, but yeah, the 3ds version is very good. And, you know, maybe one day we'll see an Ocarina of Time kind of remade in, you know, whatever future kind of unreal engine five. (laughs) (laughs) That game is yeah it's no it's 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 uh god i love that game so much and i'm so happy to like be good enough to actually uh, become an adult now <laughs> yeah jeffrey i i played the majora's mask uh 3ds version is what is what i was playing as opposed to the uh n64 version and i i have been told by everybody that the remake is uh considerably better in many many ways Ooh. fixes a lot of like little a lot of quality of life issues yeah that i the swimming as azora is worse <laughs> somehow i don't know why or how they made that worse but it's worse if possible i think ocarina of time is weirdly underrated because a lot of people say this one doesn't hold up but if you actually play it it has some of the best dungeons and yeah. world design in all of zelda period you're just mentioning the forest temple that i was calling jabu jabu one of my least favorite zelda dungeons forest temple is absolutely one of my favorites oh, it's such a great yes. introduction to that world and you feel so cool and it gives you one of the best tools in zelda's arsenal which is the hookshot yeah, the hook shot. Yeah, using I also, it in 3D. I, I want to say also this might I might out myself as a crazy person here, but uh, the music in the Forest Temple, I yes. listen to like ten hour loops of that while I work. I'm not joking. I yep. listen to that because it's, really it's so good. it's so good. It's very eerie. It's just very atmospheric. Honestly, the original lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey, let's get into your favorite Zelda game of all time. Which again, I, uh, incredibly difficult question. Right? Yeah, it was it was very hard because I think for a while it was Ocarina of Time, and I've gone back and forth on it. Um, and you know, I won't spend too much time because you know we kind of already talked about it. But I would say the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. Uh, mm. Is it Wind Waker? Oh my yeah. god, I don't even know the name of my favorite game. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> I, one. It's crazy. I remember. It's so funny. Like growing up, like reading IGN and like reading everyone freaking out about the graphics, and I <laughs> right. and I was just like no this is like this is cool like this is just like i was like wow nintendo can just do whatever they want like we're just gonna make this a chibi fun cartoonish cel-shaded graphics and uh yeah like the gamecube you know kind of was just this game is just so incredible and i've never played the hd version on the wii u and i need to it's excellent Yeah. I've been I've been holding out for you know every Nintendo Direct I'm like they're gonna put it on Switch right they, they have, have to, to and they they I now that with Tears Please of Kingdom I there's you. just no way it's gonna come out anytime soon but uh yeah the Wind Waker is just it has the best music the the mu- speaking of music the uh what's the oh the Rito Island just oh the, it's the, so good Dragon yeah. Island yeah. yeah I yeah oh that's Dragon Island when when you hear that theme in Breath of the Wild I I like teared up yeah. I was like oh really my god. Good. This is it. Yeah. Wind Jeffy, Waker I, is yeah. I, I was gonna point out real quick the uh uh the 
backlash to this art direction on the internet back then could have used your uh, positivity and optimism mm -hmm. because it was it was a dark time. Um, but specifically tracing back why uh, Nintendo used to do this event called Space World and they showed off a demo of a Zelda game for GameCube that was... Uh, sort of gritty, darker Ocarina of Time. It was a sword fight between Link and Ganon, and it set the expectations for quite a while that that's what the next Zelda game would look like. And then we got Toon Link or Zelda, uh, you know, for Cell Shaded, and uh, that people were livid. And I remember being like, yes. "This is in line with the kind of cartoony promotional and uh, con conceptual artwork we got for all of the original Zelda games." Like Link has always been this like you know plucky kid that just goes out and, and fights and stuff like that. And I, I I felt like this this is an art style that met it you know the 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 franchise perfectly, and people were just really mad about it. And, and then the game came out and people loved it. And then that art style, weirdly, that went from being the the most divisive to the the art style that we've seen the most Zelda games. Yeah, like yeah. Spirit it, Tracks, it was Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass, uh, Four Swords. Uh -huh. um, Toon Link has been in, in all the Smash Brothers and stuff He's like iconic. that. And yeah. also the mid two thousands was a really bad time for anybody who liked color. Oh yeah. It oh, was yeah. a very gray and brown time. It was not fun yes. to be a video game fan in the mid-2000s. Yeah, check out uh, 2006's Twilight Princess for to see how Nintendo sort of overcorrected on that front. People were yeah. like, Twilight Princess has fixed all the problems with Wind Waker. That was the take in 2006. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was flipped. Yeah, and it's really funny as someone who started with Wind Waker and loved Wind Waker when they announced Twilight Princess. I remember looking at that and going, "What the heck is this? Who's this guy? This this isn't which, Zelda." Which so is, I didn't play Twilight Princess for years because it just looked like mean. To it me. it it's very saturated. It. it has a lot of like sepia filters and stuff like that. Um, the the weirdly the character models in Twilight Princess, especially for Link and Midna, are still pretty cartoony right like yeah. they've got the cartoon eyes but then the cuckoos in that game are some of the scariest creatures oh, yeah. the oh. chickens in that game are terrifying yeah. so <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff in twilight princess but i yeah i personally prefer uh the wind waker art style but yeah i'm i i god i love talking about that game jeffrey anything I, any last words on wind waker i i had never heard the the i had never heard zelda before oh, like yeah. that's really cell shaded zelda and yeah. i hate that i immediately thought of the legend of zelda cards and candy <laughs> zelda, all cards C's. and candy a sequel yeah a sequel <laughs> yes um yeah no but yeah wind waker great uh, i want hey, what's up i, I want to get to you before we go um first zelda game first zelda game the legend of zelda yeah two the adventure <laughs> oh. of link Yep. Oh wow. man, they kicked, they kicked your butt on the first day. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the first one I played. <laughs> I and like Jeffrey, I rented it over and over and over again mm. and would play it the entire course of a weekend when I was a young lad and I never beat it. I did not beat it until about literally five years ago when it came to um, the, uh, the Nintendo Switch Online and you know you can save and rewind because that game is brutal. Oh God, it's yeah. It's brutal, it's hard. I still, I love it for some reason even though it's kind of like this weird sort of black sheep it has even the music's like it's, it's weird like and it's off little, key yeah yeah it's off key a little dissonant and uh, i still i love it i love that you can go into these oh yeah you go into the little vids like dun, 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 dun. it's a little jauntier but yeah that was my first zelda i don't know why and the thing was while i do think that the original zelda 1986 for the nes is like absolutely the better and more fun game to play very hard to go back to it 
after having played this one because like this looks like really like that looks pretty good for the nes this, especially compared to the original this one also introduced a lot of the sword mechanics that are still in you know in every zelda game uh his his entire move set from smash brothers is effectively built around the <laughs> the downward stabbing and the upward striking and stuff like that uh the rpg elements in this game having those introduced for the first time i always tell people who don't like this game or like are bad at this game that you have to play it like an rpg early on you have to grind yes. you have to level have up a to. bunch and then it becomes a little more manageable it's still really hard and very yes. obtuse but uh it becomes more manageable once you you level up a bunch early on yeah yeah even even with the save states and like being able to like rewind i still had to grind yeah <laughs> it's it's a brutal brutal game well we we only have a few minutes left so i do want to get to your favorite zelda game of all time oh. Well, that's easy. It's uh, the Breath of the Wild game, mm. that new one that just there came out is. like six years ago. That's the that's the best one. Like that's my favorite one. I'm replaying it now ahead of Tears of the Kingdom, um, and I'm still I, like I'm still feeling that sense of wonder. I'm discovering new things that I didn't discover the first time I played it, even though I was obsessed with that game. And I'm just like, it's my favorite kind of game because it doesn't bother me, doesn't make me do stuff. It lets me wander around <laughs> and, and explore. And, and have fun and cook things. And I still get so bummed out when I make a recipe and it, the music doesn't like swell. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's just a boring recipe this time. So yep. uh, yeah, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is my favorite by far. It's my favorite game. Yeah, same. Like period. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And, Best um, game of all time. I, like, I forgot how horny the, the ladies were who <laughs> make your... Um, <laughs> make your clothes nicer like the it's fairies? Just a, <laughs> okay, yeah yeah the fairies i couldn't think of what they were called because they're gigantic yeah they, they blow kisses at you and then all of a sudden your clothes are better so shout out to the to the fairy ladies yeah oh my god didn't, i didn't know where game. any of that was going but no. yeah that's great i'm glad you like that <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm into fashion. game is really good yeah, 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 it's excellent. I just replayed it recently. It, I, I thought I was done with it, having played it a bunch uh, when it first came out, and uh, having played it with Zach Ryan when we did Link together. Um, oh, almost maybe never want to play it again because, like, playing that game split Joy Cons with two players, uh, Thunderblight Ganon. I hate Money. you. Oh my god! Uh, no. Money. Yeah, that uh -huh. was god. that was rough. Do it um, again. But yeah, it's 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 a. An absolutely excellent game. And like you said, uh, Seth, it's just like walking out into that world and going anywhere and it's not really pinging you and yelling at you. And yeah. I mean, the flower lady yells at you when you step on her flowers. But other than that, everyone kind of leaves <laughs> you alone and you go do your thing. And it's just like a yeah. really, uh, just th that that spirit that embodies the concept art we saw or the promotional art of the original Zelda game of like Link looking at a mountain far away and thinking I can yeah. go there and just having that here uh, as 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 a sort of like entire aesthetic for this game is is just magical yeah i mean i feel like it really is when we were kids and we would like imagine use our you had to kind of fill in the gaps yeah with video games with your imagination and now you don't they they went inside my head they cracked it open with that same hammer and they scooped <laughs> out all the fun kitty bits and made it into the world's best <laughs> game ever so thank you nintendo for that that, really that was both dark and weird yeah thank you seth hey that's uh that's me uh to speed says on my business card speed run real quick my first zelda game was the original legend of zelda game uh fantastic blew my mind mm -hmm. that there was a second quest in that game if you changed your name to zelda and all of the dungeons were redone and put in different places in the overworld absolutely blew my mind it's like it's really hard to understand that at the time most of the games were uh, that we played were simple arcade games side-scrolling platformers and stuff 
stuff like that, puzzle games, and to play something that was like an open world game where you could go, you could go into the third dungeon first if you wanted to. What? Like that's that was insane back then. I'm um, just learning that information about changing your name to Zelda for the first time today. Really? Oh. Yeah. No, there's an entire second quest in that game. No one ever told me. It's it's oh, unreal. Wild. Yeah. And like the, the all of the dungeons are, are they have completely different maps and they're hidden in different places. You have to bomb extremely obtuse thing. Like it was one of those you would come into school and somebody would be like, oh, burn that bush five screens down from yes. this thing. And you'd be like, bomb what? I'll burn every bush. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Sam Claiborne and I were laughing the other day. He was playing uh, the game a couple years ago on, uh, I want to say he was playing like the, the GBA NES classic version of it or wow, something like that. that's an obscure version to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember which version it was. But I stood over his shoulder and I was like, burn that bush, bomb that thing, go over there, there's a hard piece, go over there, there's a hard piece. Before he walked into the first dungeon and he had like the level two sword, like the blue tunic and like two, you know, 250 rupees and like five hearts. And it was like, you're ready, you you're ready now. You have to or else the darkness will just kick the heck out of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a very very tough game, um, especially like the second half where you walk into areas they're pitch black. You have to light them with a fire, and then there's like five Stalfos knights trying to kill you. Like, it's tough. It is a tough tough game, but it is this it's magical. There's like, uh, and you can gamble, which is odd. Yes, you can go gambling yeah. in that game. Um, and my favorite Zelda game of all time, unsurprisingly, for anyone who's listened to me talk before, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Having uh, Zelda in portable form blew my mind having a giant video game like that that you could bring anywhere and sneak underneath a book in class and you know play on the school bus and stuff like that completely blew my mind and the the sort of sad melancholic story in in all of it was just like it's just beautiful and haunting to me and it's a zelda game without zelda you know like it's it's it's, it's one of the first times i thought like you can do anything with this series and this can this can go anywhere and uh you can jump now you know like there's a lot of really cool, cool things you can do in that game and i loved the remake uh and and so yeah shout out to link's awakening but yeah that's that's our first and favorite zeldas uh, it is so much fun talking with you all about this franchise i am so excited to say that next week we'll be talking with tom marks who is reviewing uh, the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I think I can say that. And uh, we're going to have him on the show. We're going to do a breakdown about everything. We will not spoil stuff, but we are going to celebrate Tears of the Kingdom uh, for many, many, many weeks to come. So yeah, that's it. Thank you all. Thank you. Seriously. Uh, that's about all the time we have left for this week's very special episode of uh, Talk of the Kingdom, Nintendo Voice Chat. Be sure to come back every Thursday as we skydive into gameplay tips, tricks, secrets, and adventure stories as we explore the vast world of Hyrule. NVC Talk of the Kingdom is available on IGN, YouTube, all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, please review us. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Talk of the Kingdom. We'll see you next week. And remember... We're doing this again. <laughs> NBC is the only place where you can get the, get the, get the, get the tingle. tingle. <laughs> it, does, drop, it doesn't work, but we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> keep pushing. It's not going to get better week after. No, it only get worse. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.